You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Taking a little break in our Summer of Hope to really talk about some of the issues that we're dealing with these days. There's a lot going on in our world. A lot of people have had confusion and conversation about it. And we just thought we would put our two cents in. So we want to make sure that you have this important break to really dig into the scriptures and find out what's going on. In the studio with me today is Mark Bird. He's with Revive Ohio. Hello again. Hey, Angie. This is one of those subjects. You and I have even talked about it, to be quite honest, with the folks that are listening. Do we go there or do we not? Yeah. And we got in a conversation last week with Jennifer Beck and said, okay, this is the reality. So we're going to talk about what we see. Now, we're not going to be looking at specific issues, right, Mark? We're going to kind of step back. Yeah. We're going to take it from a higher perspective. Yes. Maybe from a God perspective. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Which is probably how we should do it all the time, right? Absolutely. So where are we going to start? Yeah, so this is interesting because I think what we're going to do today, Angie, is we're going to investigate. We're going to make an investigation. We're going to investigate, first of all, we're going to start with coronavirus. Right. And we're going to move into racial issues yes. and Black Lives Matter and all these different things that are going on. Not naming them out as far as like I just said, but what's behind it? That's it. That's the question. People are so focused on the little things that are not, now they're not little, but I'm saying the things that are happening right now, we're so focused on the issues, we forget to look at what's going on behind it. Yeah. And if we did a a murder scene investigation, right, we're investigating a murder, right? You can go in there and you can say, okay, well, it looks like a gun was used. It looks like they were standing over here, all of these things. And that's what you're kind of describing, Angie. Well, okay, there's the coronavirus, okay, and then there's this destruction and chaos and all these other things. Yes. Those are components of what's going on. Symptoms, But to even. do an investigation, what you're trying to do with an investigation is you're trying to see who's to blame. Okay. Or whose fingers were on the evidence, mm. right? And so one of the things that they do in a murder scene investigation is they try to look for fingerprints. What we're going to do today in this lesson is we're going to kind of look at fingerprints, like who's responsible for this? Yes, the things are, the murder weapons are, coronavirus, these protests and all the violence going on today. But really, what are the, what are the fingerprints telling us about the evidence that we have? And so what we want to look at today, and this is a very super familiar passage of scripture, but one that I think we need to be reminded of. Absolutely. How many different times do we get reminded of a scripture, even though John 3.16, right? We can almost all quote it. Yes. But yet, do we need to be reminded about that? I think so. I know that I do. John 10.10 today says the thief, who are we identifying here? We're identifying the devil, Satan, the thief. Mm -hmm. And here's what he does. Does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. There are the three things that we can see fingerprints, like we can see evidences of. If we see these things, we know that the thief brought them. So if something is going on in our society that involves something being stolen, something being killed, or something being destroyed, that's usually 
Satan's behind it. Yes, he's behind it. That's exactly right. Of course, the 1010B uh, that I see quoted right is Jesus speaking here because it's red letters in some Bibles. But I have come that they may have life and have that more abundantly. Jesus said, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So these are the characteristics of Jesus. If you see somebody giving their life for sacrificing or serving, that is characteristic. Those would be the fingerprints of Jesus. It feels like no matter where there's good, there's evil and vice versa. It's kind of back to that yin and yang thing. Yep. There is going to be opposition to everything that is good. So anything that's of God is going to have a counterpart. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And the the interesting thing in this, Angie, is what we've learned is that the devil cannot create. No. He can't create a single thing. Nope. There are certain things that are characteristics of God that only God can do. Mm-hmm. Only he can create. Only he can read our minds. Only God can read our minds. Yes. We have his spirit. Now, let's flip over to 1 John chapter 2. This is interesting because you can relate this to what's going on today. And how many times have you heard in the midst of all of this chaos and all of this destruction and killing, stealing, and destroying in our culture today, Angie, how many times have you heard people ask, and even people that aren't believers are beginning to ask, is this the end times? Is this the beginning of the end times? Right. Lots and lots of people are asking those questions. Interesting here. First John 2, verse 18. Little children, John writes, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the, T-H-E, Antichrist, is coming. But he says this, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So as you said, Angie, when you have good, you have evil. How many movies are made about good versus evil? Right. It is a reality. And so you have God and you have the devil. And here's what God does. He creates. The devil can't create. So what does he do? He mocks everything that God does. I've watched this in my own life. The things that are true and only come from God, all Satan can do is mock and pick and make fun of and belittle and divide. That's what we're going to talk about today. All he can do is try to divide what God, listen, marriage, the scripture says, let no man divide asunder, Mm -hmm. right? This marriage that is coming together today in the sight of God, we say in weddings, right? Let no man divide asunder. What is Satan's intent? To divide Mm -hmm. and conquer. So when he divides two things that God has joined together, he wins. So this is what's happening. So, so when it says in here, the Antichrist, we're yeah. talking about the. Right. The. The. But it says that how many Antichrists, small a, yeah. have come. So break that down for me. Yeah, that's good because, listen, uh, the scripture teaches us that a third of the angels in heaven fell with Satan when Satan was kicked out of heaven. So he had already influenced a third of the angels. angels and so they all went with him. Yes, And so he's been doing this all along, where he is influencing evil into heavenly beings or into people. Absolutely. And they 
are and were heavenly beings. They were spirits, so they are not physical. So they weren't going to quote unquote die. Yes. Right. As we know. So if Satan is still walking about, like Peter says, he's walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour on the earth. He also has a third of those fallen angels with him. And what he's saying here, even now, many antichrists have come. So if you're saying that the, the antichrist has this message, so right. what you're saying is the small a antichrists have the same message. They do. And, and that is, again, stealing, killing, destroying, and div- division is what we're talking about. Absolutely. And they're trying to carry out that mission, if you will. So it truly is a battle. And as we heard Jennifer talk about last week, we are truly in a battle. So it's reality. We're in a battle, good versus evil, Mm. light versus darkness. It's all of those opposites. Now, the interesting thing about this and what we're learning today and what's happening in our culture and our society now is this division is continually purporting itself. And so there are forces behind it. It's not just the devil. It is. He's the author of confusion, Scripture says, but also he has these little antichrists helping to carry it out. And what are they carrying? His same spirit, the spirit of destruction, the spirit of division, the spirit of killing, stealing, and destroying. So when you're saying the division, I mean, we can go back to the whole feeling behind the coronavirus. Yes. Separating ourselves, having to wear masks. I'm not saying that these aren't good for right right health, but I'm saying there was a, a feeling of division. People wouldn't even talk to each other because they yes, were wearing masks. Exactly. You wouldn't get near anyone. There was a fear. So these were all a divisive spirit that was coming through a, well, now we know as an a pandemic. Right. And then it goes on to when we have all of these protests going right. on, more division. Yes. And now we're picking on one thing specifically. Yeah. I mean, it, it can go into a lot of others, and I think sometimes it does. But- It's all that spirit of division getting in. You know, Satan only needs his toe in the door. Right. Just enough to get in, right? And he will feed that division. And this is what's happening. So we as Christians, Angie, we need to feed the opposite of that. Just like Jennifer shared last week, we need to feed ourselves with the truth of the word. Right. We need to pray. This is how we stay unified. We have to know our identity too, Mark. If we don't know who we are in Christ, how are we ever going to stand against the lies that are coming against us day in and day out? Right. And so we have to first identify whose fingerprints are on all of this, Mm. right? And that's what we're looking at today. Now, we'll move over because we're talking about a spirit of division, this divisive spirit. And so, Angie, listen to what uh, Paul, uh, not Paul, listen to what John writes in Revelation chapter 2. Now, this is a New Testament concept. This isn't Old Testament. This isn't just uh, charismatic or Pentecostal doctrine. This is what uh, the Apostle John writes to the church in verse 18 of chapter 2 of Revelation. And it's subtitled, interestingly, the corrupt church. What Mm. is a corrupt church noted as? A divided church. Mm. Corruption does what? Brings division, doesn't (laughs) it? Wow, yeah. Interesting. So, and the angel 
And say to the angel of the church at Thyatira, say, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, your love, your service, faith, and your patience. As for your works, the last are more than the first. Now, interestingly enough, verse 20, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my spirits and to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And so right away, we know that this is a New Testament concept. And so the the, the Jezebel who was alive physically in the earth back in First Kings in several chapters, is this the same exact person? No, but... It is the same spirit. It's the same spirit. And what did Jezebel do? Divided. Her mission was to divide. Mm. And so that same divisive spirit that was in Jezebel, Jesus is calling out here because he's saying, listen, you have some things good about you, but your church is being corrupted. What is he saying? Your church is being divided. Yeah, through teaching and seduction. That's right. the thing that gets me and I'm I'm trying not to put that into like actual people, but the teaching is coming from a lot of different places, yes. not just the church. Right. And he's calling out the church at Thyatira in this particular instance and he's saying she's seducing my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols and I gave her time to repent but she did not repent because what it's a spirit behind her, mm. right? It's the spirit of Jezebel. And it's not just an old Testament thing. It's not just an old Testament person. It is a new Testament church that Jesus is speaking to. And so this same spirit was operating in that church at Thyatira. And the same spirit is one of these antichrist spirits because what is antichrist against mm. anti means against the complete opposite so the antichrist spirit is the complete opposite of the spirit of god mm, amen because the spirit of god brings unity and the antichrist spirit brings division. division so to summarize what we're talking about today is we're not nitpicking the issues let's just say it that way right what we're doing is we're stepping back and saying Let's open our eyes. Let's open our spiritual eyes. Let's open our heart to God and realize there is a real spiritual thing going on. And I guess that goes back to, Mark, how do we as individuals feed into division or feed into unity? Mm, that's because it. aren't those in opposition of each other? Yes. So I'm going to say that's where each of us has to seek out the Lord and seek out the word and really go back to unity, and people can go back and listen to our teaching on unity through Time to Revive if they want to. But let's go ahead and move into our testimony. Once again, I'm extremely excited about today because I have a dear friend, brother in the Lord, fellow pastor, Damian Tibbs from Lima, Ohio, has taken the time to join us on the program today. Pastor Damian, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, uh, Mark and Angie. It's a blessing to uh, be on here, and we just pray that uh, God would share some nuggets with us all. Uh, as we talk today, that will be a blessing to the people. 
Yeah, and I'm just, uh, honestly, my heart is saying dive out of the way so <laughs> Pastor Damien can just share his heart. But Pastor Damien is the senior pastor at New Life Christian Ministries in downtown Lima, Ohio, and he has a very unique perspective uh, coming to us today because he's also a sheriff's deputy. And he it works for the Allen County Sheriff's Department as well. And this is a really fun thing because Pastor Damien, in these crazy times, as everybody is nicknaming it right now, you have a really unique perspective. And it's really, I think, multifaceted because you're seeing what's going on through the eyes of a pastor. You're seeing what's going on in the eyes of a law enforcement officer. And so all of these things, and I'm sure there's all kinds of voices, questions, comments, and all things that you're fielding. Pastor Damien, what is the Lord saying to you through this time right now? I, I really truly believe that it's a time of uh, cracking, uh, so that we can expose uh, some th- expose Him. That's that's the biggest thing. He wants to be exposed in all of this, so that means that we have to get out of the way mm. and die to our own opinions, die to our own prejudices because they're going to vary. Everybody has an opinion and they all differ, but God's truth stands alone. So that's really what has to be magnified during this time is what did God say? And if we are his children called by his name, we should be representatives of his word and his truth. So it's not our personal opinions that need to be shared right now while the world is watching and seeing Christians and churches fighting over these issues. What really needs to be exposed is God's truth. Right. And one of the things that I'm watching and listening to through all the news and the media and the Internet and all these things is I'm watching people respond or really react. And so one of the things that I've sat back and seen as well is I've watched you lead and navigate a body of believers through this as well. And it's a very, as I mentioned, a unique, interesting perspective. And I've watched you navigate through this very well, Pastor Damien. And, and tell me, what is the Lord saying to you, like as you seek to, to share and to be the leader that God's called you to be? Well, the, the number one priority in all of this is love. And, and that's what gets lost when emotions get out of control. Uh, It's just his call for us to love one another, even through the hard times, even through those times where we're upset about what's going on in this country. And if we're not careful, anger can be the primary uh, emotion uh, Mm. that we kind of let go with. But he wants love to be what uh, leads in the forefront. And so as pastors and as, as Christians, everything that we say should be seasoned with love. And since I have a unique perspective of being a pastor uh, and a a police officer and also an African-American, I am able to share through the lens of love and understanding and not have an emotional response. I believe the reason that I've been, uh, what God has given me has been accepted so widespread is because I don't come from an emotional place. Mm -hmm. I have, I don't have the agenda of trying to prove my point right from being a, an African-American or a police officer or a pastor. The only agenda I have is God's love. Wow. And people can receive that because it's not flavored with my own agenda. 
Wow, that's excellent. You, you said that very well. It's not flavored with my piece, right? Because the thing of it is, and I'm watching people do this, I'm watching people kind of sit back and they have emotions. Everybody has emotions and they're stirred up right now. And then what I'm seeing happening is uh, people are kind of waiting to see how a particular leader of a group will respond and then, hey, I'm going to say that too. And that's what I'm saying. I've watched you, Pastor Damon, say, you know what? We're going to go with what the Word of God says. We're going to let the Word of God steer us in our reactions and and dealing with our emotions. And like you just said, we're going to walk this out in love. And I love it because Ephesians chapter 4 I love this. Verse three, the new King James says we are to be endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. But it says uh, in the NIV, we should do everything that we can to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Can you describe what that means to you, Pastor, and how you would articulate that to Christians? Yes. If you allow me to go up one verse. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Please do. And tie in verse three. And and I've just got the new living on my phone right now. And it says, always be humble and gentle. So always. So there's no time out for that. So regardless of what's going on in the country, regardless of how you feel about it, uh, it says, always be humble and gentle. And this is a command. Okay. Right. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Mm. That's the key. We're all going to have faults in this. None of us are absolutely right because we're restrained by our own perspectives. You don't know what it's like to be a black man. I don't know what it's like to be a white man. Right. You don't have no idea what it's like to be a police officer. So what I have to do for you, since you are my Christian brother, I have to make exceptions for the faults that you have, wow. and I can't hold your ignorances or your pre- your prejudices against you all in the name of love. Wow. And if we're doing that, that is what allows the next verse to happen to where peace can be the primary focus because love is the forerunner. Amen. Wow. That was so well said. And here's what came to my mind as I heard you articulate that, Damien. James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. This is how the NIV words it. Everyone Mm -hmm. should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because it's super tempting and super easy today to get angry. Like it is. No matter what perspective you're coming from, it's easy. Because emotions are running rampant. They're running high right now. But what James is encouraging us all to do, listen, be slow to speak. Even if we, especially, I guess, if we are angry, we got to remember to be quick to listen. And what I heard you saying was just that. Pastor Damien, like, listen, you need to seek to understand and not seek to be understood. Like it's, yeah. you know, the, in that prayer that's been credited to St. Francis of Assisi, but there's something powerful to that. And what I heard you say as you articulated that was that very thing. But you know what we need to do? According to the word, we need to be yeah. quick to listen. Yeah, yeah. Make, make exceptions for each other's faults. So many people want to talk because it just feels good. It's the flesh. You know, I just need to be right. I need to say my piece. 
I need my glory in this thing. And wow. I'm reminded of the Mount of Transfiguration when the disciples were like, hey, let's build, let's build you houses. Let's build you, you know, tabernacles. And God himself spoke and said, basically, be quiet. This is my <laughs> beloved son. Listen to him. Yes. So I think that's so key that even though we are the church and even though we are the carriers of the torches of truth, sometimes it's not the right time to speak. Wow. Yeah, and that goes to, you know, what we commonly talk about as our method, and that is to love, listen, discern, and then respond. And that's the hardest part. Like when your emotions get charged, man, we all yeah. want to move to that respond mode right away. And yet we need yeah. to love, listen, and discern first because we need to discern yeah. what is the voice of the Lord saying? What is the spirit of God saying? Yeah. What is his word saying? And then instead yeah. of reacting, because I think many times when our emotions get charged, we don't respond, we react. Right. Yeah. And and this is a reminder to me to be slow to speak and quick to listen and then make sure that I'm responding after I've discerned from the Lord. Yeah. And also after we've discerned whether or not our love switches on. Ooh. That's when that's the reason to slow down. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like am I about to respond in love? And even greater than that. Who's about to speak? Am I about to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me, which is, you know, the guide of all truth? Or is this just my opinion? Is this just my flesh? And the Word of God says that there is no good thing in the flesh. So our opinions are garbage as it relates to, uh, in comparison to the Word of God. So, so what are you desiring to contribute? What is your lust? Are you lusting so that you could have a voice in the conversation mm. or just quench your emotions? Or are you lusting that uh, the Spirit of God would lead the way? So that's why we need to slow down and say, and check ourselves and say, where is this coming from? And is this going to be a benefit to the conversation? Is this going to point to Christ or is this going to point to me? I think that's so perfect in advice like so if we started to break this down and say hey we're going to give advice today to the listeners the first step that i'm hearing for myself slow down like slow yeah. down you know be it goes right with be still and know that i'm god well you got to know yeah. that he's god and know that he wants you to say something period but the first step yeah. is slow down we always call that yeah. pumping the brakes like uh -uh. let's just pump the brakes for a minute and let's take a deep breath. And sometimes yeah. you just need to take a deep breath before you start the conversation. If you, if you think about two people who are having a dis discussion or a heated discussion, it always helps to stop, take a breath, and take some time out. My thing is, I love that as a first step. That is a proper response. But what's next? Mm. What do we do next? How do we move to the next thing? And what is that next thing? Yes, I believe we have to process the particular emotion. So my driver's ed teacher many years ago said, anger is just one letter away from danger. Whoa. All right. That's one of the things I remember <laughs> when I wasn't asleep in there. Yeah, um, amen. And, <laughs> and uh, we have to process that emotion. So if it's anger we're dealing with, we are totally permitted to be angry, but we are not permitted to sin. So the Bible says, be angry, 
but sin not. So is there a way to filter anger righteously? Wow. And the only way to ever do that is to not be in control. The only way to ever do that is to make sure that you're being led by the Spirit of God. And if it's righteous anger, then we process it. God, what do you want to do with this? And then let it go. But, but even righteous anger leads to correction and love, not just wanting to smack somebody down and shut them up because they differ in opinion than you. Wow. And also, man, this has taken me back to Ephesians 4.26, you know, be angry, but sin not, right? Man, that's exactly what you're saying too, right? It's okay to be angry, but don't let it carry you over into sin. Because Jesus modeled that so well, like, how did he turn over the tables in the temple? And yet he was angry, but yet he didn't sin. That is our model, right? Damien, that's what Angie describes is that's our next step. Like, okay, yeah. that's the next step. Slow down and yeah. don't sin. Think yeah. before you speak, be quick to listen. I just think just real quickly about that, that next step thing is that just making sure that we're, we're, we're supposed to have our steps ordered by the Lord. Mm. So the next step should be, Lord, where are you taking this conversation or is it over? Do I have the ability to walk away now if you say walk away or are my emotions so high that I just have to have a release or am I mature enough in you and a seeker of peace to the point where I will let you diffuse me and I don't need to say something in anger or sin to diffuse myself. So I think that's very important as well. So good. I'm thinking about the Beatitudes, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. And really, boy, you've got an interesting perspective on that, pastor, brother, you know, sheriff's deputy, like blessed are the peacemakers. Man, I'm sure you have dealt with that in so many levels. I guess my question would be, how does that go over with other African-American friends that you have? That's not what they're feeling right now. So Help me understand, because I want to understand where they're at so that I can understand how to step in line with what they're doing or, or to be supportive. Okay. Well, you still have to divide them. You still have to divide the African-Americans by the carnal and the spiritual, because it's, it's just two totally different responses. And sometimes it all happens. Sometimes it's just such a mess that even the spiritual have these carnal feelings uh, that they have to deal with. So initially, anger is going to be the first emotion uh, to see, and just to talk about the current situation, to see a man murdered uh, on video, you know, uh, helplessly, uh, that's going to, that should anger anybody. So that shouldn't be a color thing. No, absolutely. That should should anger anybody, because, you know, but for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, they have to process this and say, this makes me angry, but I don't want to sin yeah. either. Yeah, this makes good. me angry, but I'm not going to use a blanket indictment against all white people and say they're all bad because of this incident. It's a lot easier for a spiritual person to do that because a spiritual person typically has relationships with people other than the same color as them, and they love other brothers and sisters in Christ, and they know their heart. So it's a lot easier for someone spiritual uh, to process through that anger and not be mad at all white people, but it's harder for somebody that's not spiritual because they're not grounded and rooted in love or in Christ. 
and I guess my advice to them, sometimes that, sometimes our advice to them, uh, to be honest, guys, it just falls on deaf ears because what we have to say is spiritual mm. because our only hope is spiritual. And so I can't, I can't give somebody spiritual wisdom if they're not willing to receive it. So then I have to default to natural wisdom and give them my perspective as a police officer and say, well, all police, all police officers aren't bad. Or, you know, even the good cops are mad at that cop. You right. know what I mean? So just yeah. try to break it down in a carnal way to try to create some peace uh, from that standpoint. That's very good. Yeah, and if you use love as your forefront, which I know you do, right, you're using love and you're using the peacemaker, like that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to find something that will bring it to a place of love, a a place of acceptance, a place of receiving, just like as Christians, we have to receive the Word of God. And as a non-Christian, if you're not a believer, if you're not a spiritual person, that's why Jesus spoke in parables. He made a common thing, a a spiritual lesson out of it, so people could relate. And I think that's what Man, that's the unique perspective that you bring to this because you you do see it from the eyes of law enforcement trying to bring peace. You do also bring it from the perspective of a pastor where you're trying to speak spiritual truths to Christians. And like you said, just because you're a believer, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you won't have to deal with anger. We still yeah. will, and that's why Jesus talked about it, Paul talked about it, and, and it's in there because we all have to deal with that in some way, shape, or form. Yes, and, and, and what's so important, brother and sister, is, is this. The revelation God gave me about a month ago about the difference between information and application. So here's, here's, what, here's where we are. Many of us in the body of Christ, we've been learning Bible verses and learning these spiritual truths for a long time. And about a month ago, a lady came over for counseling from me and my wife, and I was thinking, well, Lord, is there a book I could give her to help her in this situation? And the Lord spoke to me and said, she doesn't need more information. She needs application. And that just so blew me away that it even spilled into my ministry, because once COVID hit, we stopped all our services. And as things are opening up, I didn't want to just rebuild our Wednesday night service because it was always there. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And his desire was this. What you're teaching on Sundays, you need to be applying it on Wednesdays. So what we're doing is we're going out into the neighborhood. We're learning about love and learning about peace and tolerance on a Sunday. But then on a Wednesday, we go out and apply it. So that's the only thing that's going to change the world. Not us sitting in churches and learning about the word, but never being doers of the word as well. So this is doing season. People don't really want, they don't want to know uh, when they're angry. They don't want to know what the Bible says. But if you show them love and show them the, the application of the information, then they're able to proceed and hopefully come into truth. That is perfect. Like, (laughs) that's the cherry on top. That is so good. Pastor Damien, this has been a great conversation. It's been educational. It's been encouraging. And and it's been edifying. And I think that uh, the listeners today could amen that no matter what perspective you're coming from. And so, Pastor Damien, once again, thank you so much for carving out this time to join us on the program today. Thank you. God bless you both. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. 
Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.